0: Praise God. <laughs> you guys are really excited about that. <laughs> Praise God. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it is really, truly a blessing. Your pastor is a tremendous man, and this was a great idea. Uh, this was all him. Uh, he uh, called me and talked about the series, and just thinking about the enemies of the heart and looking at the climate that we're in today, it was just so perfect. And so uh, the scripture for our day will be found in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Very famous scripture. I'm gonna read that for you and we're gonna jump right on in, okay? Amen. Amen. We're going to jump right on in. Although you guys are like, y'all got the scriptures up there and stuff, y'all cheating. Where are your your Bibles at? What's going on? You guys guys are cheating. Okay, all right. (laughs) Praise God. But it is a a tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, chapter, Ephesians 4. Paul really writes and really lays this thing down, and it is just so appropriate for what we're dealing with today in society and for any age, actually. Uh, Again, dealing with this conversation wrapped around the enemies of our heart. Uh, we looked at the scripture, and I'm going to read for you, um, for your reading, I'm going to look at uh, 26, no, 27 and 28. 26, 27, and 28. I've always, I always struggled where to stop, where to start, you know. <laughs> the problems, the deals. Okay, all right. Um, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. I, I entitled this, uh, what did I entitle this? Anger Management. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, we just bless, we thank you, we praise you, and we're so grateful for you and everything that you have done, that you are doing, and that is to come. You're such a wonderful and magnificent God, and I'm so grateful for you that you could operate your omnipresent that right now uh, the word is being delivered all over the world and so Lord I bless you today and I thank you for this tremendous opportunity that we have to feast on your word as always Holy Spirit I ask that you would teach us you would strengthen and encourage us and that we would grow and mature into the fullness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Lord I pray blessings over faith covenant but I thank you for all of those who have given their talents and their gifts to further your kingdom. And I'm grateful to be co-laborers in your vineyard. And so, Lord, I just bless you today. Again, Holy Spirit, would you teach us, strengthen us, and encourage us? It's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. So just an observation for me. Uh, doesn't it appear like there are a number of people today who are just angry? Just just angry and frustrated. Angry and frustrated over nothing really because there has not been a generation in all of humanity that has it as good as us. Air conditioners and, 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 and vehicles that drive themselves and all kind of amenities that you don't even have to flush the toilet. You can just walk away and the toilet flush itself. But yet we're angry, angry about nothing if we would just sit down and take an inventory of how good God has been to us. All of the hurdles and all of the things we've come through. And then we, his very elect, not only having these worldly uh, uh, wonderful things, amenities, if you will, but we've got the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are saved, sanctified, and filled with his very spirit. But yet, we allow the influencer, the adversary, to sow these seeds of discourse in us. And now, don't get me wrong. There's some things we should be angry about. We should be angry about abortion. We should be angry about uh, racism, classism, sexism. There's some things we should be angry about there. You know, being angry is not a sin. Amen. Jesus was angry. I'm going to get there in a minute. All right, but there's a righteous anger. And so, fundamentally, there are two types. There's man's anger, road rage. Okay, somebody cut you off. Get over it. Hey Amen. You get to Popeye's, ain't no chicken sandwiches. You about to faint. What? McDonald says, "Wait five minutes on this or that," and you're losing your mind. Some of us who—how dare you tell me to wear a mask? Well, uh, just, you know, common sense ain't common no more. Amen. It's not. All right. You, you know, the beautiful thing about the covered—covered—it, the uh, we are a simple people. We're a humble. And we're a common people. Even within our talents and our gifts, even within our strengths, we still strive to maintain humility. And to uh, some people think we're soft. All right. Some people think that you know we don't have no you know no fight in us. But actually, they don't understand. It takes more, more power, more discipline. For me not to tell you about yourself. <laughs> Amen. Then for me to tell you about yourself. And so I want to just examine this. Uh uh I I love this chapter. It is uh the part in this chapter that I preach to my leaders all the time. Tell the truth in love. Can we master that? I I I uh Used to work for Barton Cable, and then I worked for Comcast. And so, very often, I had to deliver bad news to my clients. <laughs> no shade, no shade, just telling the truth, amen. Actually, the, the industry has come a long way now. They give you $25 now when they miss you. <laughs> you just spent the whole day, they're going to give you $25, praise God. But I, I, I learned in sales and marketing to find a palatable way to tell people bad news. To let them know, yes, you gave me $55. Yes, I promised the installer was coming, and no, he's not. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And so I gained this talent, I gained this gift that I wasn't even saved at the time, but I'm able to use now through the person of the Holy Spirit in this walk Of Christianity in this journey that we could simply disagree but learn how to tell the truth in love and so Paul breaks this beautiful thing down it is wonderful and again I got to give all my kudos to Mike for this series enemies of the heart's uh and as we examine today how so many people are angry they're angry about politics they're angry about we've got social unrest we got all of these issues you know it is an emotion uh that uh really deals with our displeasure when things are not going our way or things are not going the way that we think they should go all right and uh i was looking at this thing but we as christians We must always be ready to forgive. Yet, by the grace of God, go I. We need to always try to place ourselves in the other person's shoes. And and, and try to gain some clarity, some understanding of what they might be going through. And so we get this beautiful narrative. And Paul breaks this thing down. It is fundamentally about our calling that we are the body of Christ. One body. So, Mike is not at a different church. It's only one church. Amen? We're at different locations. But we're not at different churches. And so, uh, 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 we see this in uh, Ephesians chapter four, verses three and four, where he uh, lets us know, all right, that uh, we're—it's a calling in Christ, a oneness with Christ, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It is a Christian vocation. He's saying we got to carry ourselves in such a manner because this is our call. It's interesting, you don't have to guess who a Muslim is. You don't have to guess about, well, you know what, I ain't gonna mess with nobody. Y'all know what I mean, right? But yet Christians, we fail to carry our own water, our water of humility, our water of grace and mercy, our water of forgiveness. Why? Because... Is paid for. He scanned us. We've been bought with a price. Some people say salvation is free. Just because you didn't pay for it don't mean it's free. And so we have to learn To carry ourselves in such a manner, you know, the the young church, the early church, their men and women carried themselves in such a manner that that outside communities would look at them and marvel. They would marvel at their love. Marvel at how they would help other folks that were not in their tribe and not in their community. But now we are self-serving. We think that the primary work of the church is in here. No, we are the ecclesia, the called out. We are the assembly. We've been asked to go out into the highways and the byways and not preach the gospel, make disciples, make learners. We just want to preach. But the real preaching is in your lifestyle. The real preaching is how you carry yourself in moments like today. Anybody can do good when everything is good. But in, in pandemics, in the midst of social unrest, can we carry ourselves in a Christian manner? I'm sick of all of these identifications. I'm a Democrat, what a dummy. I'm a Republican, what a, did you, my daughter said I'm not supposed to call people dummies. (laughs) Father, don't call people, no, I'm calling what we're saying dumb. Your identity and your only identity is in Christ. And everything else has to come from that center Your core is in Jesus Christ. And everything else is simply an expression of that center. You got one party that wants to save the sanctity of life, and so they're against abortion, but when the kids get here, they don't want to take care of them. We got another party that it's your thing. Do what you want to do. No, we're supposed to be centered in Jesus, and we're supposed to be calling them both out. <laughs> Praise God. And so listen, let me walk through this a little bit. Okay, uh, again, two types of anger. There's godly anger, and then there's anger of man. There is a righteous indignation, all right, that one can have. And so, in this beautiful scripture, we look and we see that I, I didn't read twenty-five, but I'm gonna read it for your hearing. It says, "Therefore, put in away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another." Again, again, Paul talking about this. But what I wanted to point out to you is the transition word, therefore, which means that we need to take a look at what happens before that. And so in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 18, we see him say, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. Man, I could preach that all by itself. He says, therefore, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of them walk in the futility of their mind. Identifying yourself and carrying yourself like the world. We can't do that. We are a peculiar people. We cannot get caught up in those waves. You do understand that, that our road is a narrow road, right? You understand that, right? Everybody, If the road you own, everybody own it, you on the wrong road. (laughs) Can I help you with that? If everybody on the road that you own, you are gossiping, you're lying, you're testifying about how great a man this person is or that person is, none is good, not one. Every single one of us has a skeleton And some of us more. (laughs) Some of us could put Halloween to shame. (laughs) And so he says, listen, I need you to gain an understanding, verse 18. Having their understanding darkened. We understand that darkened means away from God. They're not enlightened in the same way. Can I say this, Uh, (laughs) we want our president to do our job. Ooh, right, well guess what, I got news for you. It's not his job to do our job. The president is the president of gays. The president is president of drunks. The president is the president of of drug dealers and, and whatever. He's the president of the United States. We are the ones that hold the mantle of Jesus Christ. And we want the government to do our job. The president can't stop abortion. There were abortions before the law was free. Abortion is a moral issue, and we have the compass. But we want to stay in here. You know, And every now and then, God will cut the lights out. (laughs) Amen? And see how you going to keep singing. Do you need the teleprompter? Do you need the music? Or are you earnestly worshiping me? Did you come here today earnestly to learn of me? Did you come here today to encourage one another, to edify one another? Oh, 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 yes, and correct one another. God forbid you correct somebody in 2020. Amen. And so we have to gain an understanding because many of our hearts are blinded when we deal with rage and I, I, I am so frustrated, I stand here before you as an angry black man, amen. amen. People can't understand, why would, you, why would you entertain socialism? Well, what if during 400 years of capitalism my people were bought and sold? What if 400 years of capitalism, I wasn't at the table? So then the idea of socialism might sound all right until you do your homework. You don't have to worry about the Democrats or anyone else bringing socialism to America. We love money too much. We love our things way too much. Socialism doesn't have a chance. (laughs) Do you hear me? You You don't have to worry about that. Soon as somebody find out, they got to give something up. And so, we, but we as the body of Christ, we've been studying uh, before this series, we've been studying the church, the ecclesia, and just trying to explain to our congregation who we are in the body of Christ and and what are our obligations, what is our, our place in all of humanity. God has called us to be his light, down here on earth. Now you would think that any human being could just look at the sun and look at the moon and have some understanding that there has to be a God. But unfortunately we're not. We put it on science and we put it on this. Some people think we're lucky. We're walking around with a rabbit's foot. Well how lucky was that for the rabbit? (laughs) If you got his foot in your pocket. And so God says, okay, so I want you to be my hands and feet. I want you to be the sense, the moral compass of the world. But we got to go out there to do it. Praise God. I know I'm preaching when y'all get quiet. (laughs) Praise, praise, Praise God. Okay, I got got to move. I got to move forward. Again, uh, another thing, Ephesians 4, fast forward up to verse 20. Okay, uh, uh, digital fast forward. Uh, uh, It says, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, Paul says it. In the renewing of our mind, Uh, Zig Ziglar says, you know, we suffer from stinking thinking. He says, we need a checkup from the head up. As a man thinketh in his heart. And so as we examine this tremendous uh, narrative about the issues and the enemies of our heart, uh, Proverbs says that the heart is, is deceitful. How could the heart be deceitful? How many things have you loved that weren't good for you? How many people, places, items, things that you are in love with that you know they're not good for you? The doctor done told you they're not good for you. The dog know they ain't no good for you. But yet you love them. Itching ears. whole genres, TMZ uh, access to uh, Hollywood just one 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 show after the other all about gossip <laughs> in prime time praise god <laughs> I like you praise I hope I get a ch- chance to come back Jesus teaches us about this again uh Uh, Go to Matthew. See, y'all cheating. Y'all got to get Bibles. I make my people bring their Bible. Darn it, you got to bring a Bible. Okay, you guys got it made, boy. Praise God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22. The greatest sermon ever preached. No preacher has ever stood up to this sermon. Amen? The Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and, whos- and whosoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever says to his brother, Reka shall be in judgment of counsel, But whosoever says you fool shall be in judgment of hell's fire. And so Jesus teaches us of the danger of unrighteous anger. Us being mad just because somebody a Democrat. We mad just because somebody is a Republican. We mad just because somebody white we mad just cause somebody black I mean angry mad protest mad burn down city mad amen no uh, we cannot allow that to happen I, I want to get to my end so quickly how much time I got what time I got to stop you know I got a Baptist background I can go now <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. all right what time is y'all service over wow okay I'm gonna tell Mike y'all didn't know i say hey Mike preach as long as you want <laughs> all right praise God okay I got a little time and so uh, Jesus warns us and instructs us against that all right uh, 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 James chapter one is great I'm flipping through my Bible. I can't see that, man. My eyes is bad. Y'all used to young members. (laughs) Y'all pray for me, okay? James chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. So then, uh, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. If your faith is not in action, you're deceiving yourself. If all you got in being a Christian is in here, when you go home, you're cussing. When you go home, you're gambling or you're doing whatever. I'm not talking about uh, uh, a sinful life. We all have sin. Uh, the, the goal is to sin less. None of us are sinless, but we want to sin less. You follow me? All right. I'm talking about those of us that think that we're holy and we're not. Those of us that profess one thing in one genre and then another genre, we're a totally other thing. We're angry. My wife calls me Hangry. When I get hungry, she say, boy, you're just hangry. (laughs) Amen. You know, you're snapping at everything. Jesus uh, shows us righteous anger in Mark chapter 3. Yeah, did I hear a page out there? Somebody turning the page? Praise God. There is a Bible in the house that's what I'm talking about <laughs> praise God I just I guess I just want to get to uh, the scripture quicker I can't see nothing y'all I'm telling y'all I'm just getting old I gotta get me a young pastor like James like y'all got James man. <laughs> turn this bad boy over <laughs> it's like, it's time to turn this over well why you turn it over pastor i can't see nothing (laughs) okay all right mark chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 mark chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 it says then he said to them is it lawful on the sabbath to do good or to do evil to save life or to kill but they kept silent and when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the others. When Jesus looks around and he sees that we're not carrying ourselves in the manner that we should, it angers God. It, it, it disappoints God. It is the reason why he sent us a helper. He knew that this would not be easy. But the helper, what we want is we want the helper to do all the work. But that's not what the helper does. The helper says, if you grab this in, I'll grab this in and we can go. But we just, Lord, stop this. Lord, keep that. Lord, keep that. No. God is not working on you. He's waiting on you. We have to step into this wonderful knowledge that he never leaves or forsakes us. But he wants us to, to participate. He wants people, other people, to see his transforming power in us. Amen? But we we just want him to do everything. You know, often I tell folks in our congregation, we think that God is our flunky. You know, we got a great, we got a great savior who girds himself and kneels down and washes our feet. And so we like, hey, keep, you know, like Peter said, watch my whole body. Don't stop there. And Jesus just looks at him like, man, really? No, I want you to do some cleaning. All right, I love it that we have a God that didn't want puppets. I love it that we have a God that breathed him into us and gave us dominion and power. Gave us free will. That's the, if I was your God, you'd do everything I told you to do. This church would be packed all the way out, the people would be out the grass. Listen! <laughs> but our God, he says, no, I'm going to make them in my image. I'm going to give them power and authority. And I'm going to teach them and allow them to exercise what I've given them. And so I got to go. But I I just wanted to, you know, Nehemiah was was frustrated uh, when he saw the treatment of the people. All right, and um, go to Psalms 4. The fourth division of Psalms. verses 3 through 5. That's where we get this passage from that we're looking at. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when they call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart and on your bed and be silent. Selah. And so God says, listen, I need you to concentrate and meditate. I need you to bridle your tongue. I need you to discipline yourself. Christianity is not easy. Whoever sold you that, they told you a story. It is hard to be surrounded by sin and not sin the adversary is so cunning he doesn't come in the red suit with the tail he comes looking like what you think you want he comes looking like Holly Berry or looking like you know Brad Pitt or looking like like what you think you want until you find out they all crazy as all get out How did I get into this? You know what I mean? You think somebody hits the first crack pipe thinking I'm going to be a crackhead? You think the the person that takes the first sniff thought that they would lose their house and everything? You think the person that, that shot up the first time or the person that went into the casino the first time ever thought they would be mortgaging and leveraging their house? The person that clicks on pornography thinking they're just looking at, you know, voyeurism, they're just looking at people having sex, not knowing that there was a spiritual component to it that would call their spirit to it. The adversary always disguises himself to look like what you think you want. But you have to look through a different lens a lens that encompasses the heart. You have to learn how to guard your heart. Everybody is not your friend. I've got 400 friends on Facebook. No, you don't. You don't. And if you want to find out, ask them for $5. Now, how much is $5? That ain't a big ask. But ask them and see how many of them give it to you. Start telling them what problems you're going through and see what happens. As I close, <laughs> I asked you all to pray for me, right? I need somebody to flash me now if I'm running over. As I close, um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30, and 30 through 32 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has has loved us and given himself for us, offering as a sacrifice to God for sweet, Smelling aroma. God wants you to live your life in such a way that He can go. Ah. That's what He wants. He wants your prayers to come up like incense. When your prayers come up, He's like, yeah. You ever went, you know, ever went to buy a house and they didn't put the little, little thing in the wall that smelled like cookies? <laughs> and you walk in there like, hmm, I'm gonna buy this house. <laughs> if not, I'm gonna eat one of them cookies at least." <laughs> God, He wants that that intimate relationship with you. I'm Baptist, so I close twice. <laughs> As I close, <laughs> Amen. Black Lives Matter. The problem with Black Lives Matter, the challenge, is that we let them do it. That it was not the church who led it. And so God, just like he did with our Jewish brothers and sisters, took another nation to make us jealous that we should have as Christians, and some of us did, don't get me wrong, but if all of us would have, we would have eradicated racism, at least the system of it. You can't, you know, you can't change everybody's heart, but you can sure change the systems that allow it. And so you got these young people who are angry and have no reason to be angry whatsoever. They wear $200 gym shoes. But they're angry because they've been bamboozled, they've been hoodwinked. And they went through most of their life not reading history nor paying attention. And now all of these truths are coming. And now with this cancel mentality, they think they're just going to straighten it out. Hundreds and hundreds of years, we're just going to turn it around tomorrow. But it is, saints, it's our fault. And now when we go to them, they're like, "Ah!" where were you? So-called Christians. Now you want to come and tell us what to do. See, had we did it, when somebody got ready to break out a window, we would have said, no, no, no. No, man, we didn't come here for that. No, we, 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 we've got a righteous cause that we're marching about. We're not trying to tear up somebody's business it don't have nothing to do with it. But we wasn't at the table. And so because we wasn't at the table, other folks with other motives are hoodwinking something that was a good cause, that was fundamentally right. And what happens, just like with us, the gospel becomes of no report. And so the good news is it ain't too late. The good news is we can walk out of here today and make up in our mind that we're going to win somebody over for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The good news is today we can start searching our very own hearts and identifying our enemies. Identify what things we need to eradicate, we need to destroy. We can do it because we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is right there saying, let's get rid of this. And so I want to thank you for this tremendous opportunity to come and to share with you as an angry black male. Amen. <laughs> Anybody knows me, I'm far from angry. Amen. You know what happened to me? I'm going to tell you this as I get ready to go. I want, to, I want the opportunity. I, I never take for granted that everybody here is saved. If Faith Covenant is doing its job right, everybody here is not saved. Uh Uh-oh. Amen. If you're doing your job right, you have invited someone that don't know nothing about Christ. Or maybe teetering. There was a time in my life where uh, I've always been politically involved. All the way from like middle school. And so I backed Jesse Jackson. I was working in Jesse Jackson's campaign back in like 1979, 1978, something like that. And Jesse Jackson did not garner enough votes to get protection from the Secret Service, but yet he was getting threats every day. And so he partnered with this guy, Louis Farrakhan, who was the leader of the Nation of Islam. So I decide... You know, I'm going to go to this rally at U of D to hear Jesse Jackson. And guess who opens up for Jesse Jackson? Louis Farrakhan. And I hear this wonderful orator. This guy stood off the top of his head for an hour and preached. And he was coming from the Bible, a Muslim. All right? And I was fascinated. I walked away, said, oh, man, 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 I'm going to be a Muslim. I'm going to be a Muslim. Amen. And so, once I started following them and learning all the hatred that they were spewing and all of the anger, I was like, nah, this can't be right. On top of that, I can't have no pork neither. (laughs) Maybe I gotta be angry and be a racist and not have pork. That's too much. (laughs) You are asking too much, Allah, whoever you are. But you know what happened? I thought about this old lady her name was fanny Paramount. she was my grandmother and when my mother put me on her doorstep at 53 years old an infant i grew up listening to her call on the name of jesus i heard her in bad times and in good times call on jesus christ he always showed up so there's someone here who may not have the tremendous relationship with our Lord and Savior would you bow your heads I have a simple prayer prayer of salvation I just ask that you say it usually I ask the whole congregation to say it so that the other person doesn't feel out there it's simple would you say with me would you say Lord I'm a sinner Lord Lord give me of my sins. I asked you into my heart. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. It's just that simple. He stands at the door knocking, waiting for us to let him in. If you're here today and you said that simple little prayer, you first of all acknowledge God. Second of all, you acknowledge your sinful nature. Third, you acknowledge that he had the power to come into your heart and to redeem you. And you claimed it in the name of Jesus. And so you're there. Now start the journey. Start coming to small groups and start coming to whatever faith. You're at a good church, you're at a place where the word of God is being taught and lived out. You're in the right place. And so, uh, Father, thank you. but I bless and I give you honor and glory. I'm so grateful again for this day. Grateful for this opportunity. It's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.